pre-taped from his office, or his bedroom, or his mom's basement, or, well, wherever the hell he is. Welcome to the only place where you can be smart on the internet. A really smart podcast with Tommy. Thanks, Chowski. What is up, my Tomets? What is up? How are you? How's your week going? This is Tommy Smart, live in New York. Well, not live, but pre-taped, but you get the point by now, I think. I think you guys listen to this podcast enough to know that. Pre-taped McBasketball HQ in Queens, New York. And hey, what's up, guys? It's Tommy, your boy. This is my podcast, a really smart one at that. Welcome to it. And... I don't know, guys. I'll tell you what, comedy is back. All right, uh, I'm not. I'll be real with you guys. Oh, jeez. Uh, since you last saw me, I've done stand up about like five times, five six times. A couple open mics in the park, Central Park. I think the Wit Park, Washington Square Park, a couple rooftops, and I've been bombing, man. Oh, fuck! Comedy is back. Comedy is back. Well, we'll get into it, but comedy is back, folks. Jeez, I uh, it's been a struggle. I've been banging out material, writing and writing and writing and rewriting, and going up, going up, going up. But jeez, that, those five months were like killer. It's um, you know, with me, I, I, I'm kind of like middle of the road with this stuff when it comes to like writing or performing. I like to do a little bit of both. I don't, I like to write out what I do, get my joke honed, but you just get to a point where I know that if I overwrite and then do it on stage, I'm just re- regurgitating what I wrote and it just becomes wordly and it's not a performance. I'm not confident in it, you know, it's overproduced. It's much better when you do this kind of stuff to really just be uh, loose and goose. And when you do, it's a great time. I mean, I remember one time I was I was at the Ha Ha Cafe back in California in North Hollywood. And it was outdoors, so it was kind of a little outdoor setting there for their mic. And I was getting ready for a show I had at that time. Uh, it was like a bar show. And I get up with uh, the mic and I start doing material. And then ding, ding, ding. Text. All right, then you go back to doing your thing. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, man, I get text message after text message after text message, and I get it from this one particular friend of mine. Uh, and I'm just like, well, what do I do? You just respond to that. So I go on an entire story about how I met my friend who's texting me right now who doesn't have the respect to let leave me alone while I'm doing a, doing a set, you know. And, you know, you do relatively well when that happens, and people are like, cool stuff, Tommy. You know, that kind of a thing. I remember that mic, too. I was, I said, I had this whole joke about how I had schmutz in my face, and I go through this long, elaborate text to my friend, and he finally just texts back, like, one word. What, is sh- what the fuck is schmutz? Schmutz, if you don't know, is a, is a Yiddish term. It's basically like you have some splots in your face, and that's how it is. You know, that's how it is. And yeah, it's just, 
I think when you do that, the whole thing about it, what people keep telling me about stand-up comedy is that it's not even really about, it is about being funny. But when I'm kind of getting to the point of understanding, I think I've been understanding for a while now, it's not about being funny as much as it's about being comfortable with people. You know, you can write the best joke in the world, but if you don't perform it right, if you don't do it in a method that is actually, um, you come off as like you're having fun up there, Nobody cares. It's not going to hit. You got it's as much as about just being comfortable. I mean, imagine a lot of you guys. I mean, you guys in your own life, you're saying to me, like, oh, Tommy, I can never do stand up. A lot of people can. I mean, a lot of people can. They just don't because the discipline to write material, find an open mic and go there, wait only for like an hour or two, get up on stage for three minutes, pay it a dollar, and do your time and bomb and go back to the drawing board and do it again and do it again until a joke's perfect and that's discipline and then there's also the public speaking aspect of it what I'm finding out more and more is that people are afraid of stand-up comedy because they're afraid of even doing public speaking public speaking I guess has become the new death (laughs) that's even a thing People just are afraid of public speaking. They, they'd rather be the guy in the casket than the person giving the eulogy, which I just think is fucked up. Um, talking in front of people is not that bad. Um, don't get me wrong. I get it a little bit, just a little bit. Because when you're not getting a response from people, you're just like, what am I doing? What's going on? Help me. Help me. Save our ship. That would be another time, too. I was giving a presentation for a thing at UCLA just about a year and a half ago. And I do my thing. You know, I give the presentation. But I'm not getting any kind of responses. And then most people are on their laptops. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Paying attention. And you're like, and finally I said something funny and I got them to laugh. And that was good. But besides that, that was the only way for me to indicate whether or not I was actually doing well or people were engaged. And after that, I was, like, starved for, like, attention. Like, oh, come on, pay attention to me. Know what's going on. So I went to a a West Side Comedy Theater on the Promenade and did a set there and got some fucking satisfaction. That was a good night, too. I remember that night. Um, It was, like, late 2018. And I went there late at night and did a set. And I was talking to the guy in the green room, one of the, the hosts, and we were just bullshitting. And he's like, Tommy Smart? Yeah. Sound like you're from Boston. No, I'm not from Boston. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to introduce you as a guy from Boston. I was like, what the fuck are you going to introduce me as a guy from Boston for? He goes, nah, come on, it'll be funny. And I was like, all right, this guy's from Boston. Tommy Smart, everybody. And I just go up there and... I forget what I found this. I found a pair of glasses, sunglasses that were like these like tripped out like neon feng shui rhinestone glasses with like, but you couldn't see. Like these, these glasses were really fucked up because they had like bars on them. So you couldn't even see through these bars on the actual eyelids. So you can't see anything. And you're like, what the fuck is the point of this? But I put them on and I go out there and I'm just like, hey, how are you? Hey, Jimmy, how are you? All right, you know, just do that whole like, like you're a guy from Boston wearing a kilt in a in a bar somewhere, like cleaning a glass, going, "Hey, how are you?" So I do that for like 
five minutes of material and then I do reasonably well and then I go home. But I got my laughs. And really, that's all that matters at the end of the day is that you're funny. I mean, yeah, it's about being comfortable, but hey, I was just riffing that night. And off uh, doing a presentation where the objective wasn't meant to laugh, it's fun to be able to go there into another room and just make people laugh at will. When I don't do that, you feel like shit. I don't know what that says about me. Probably tells me that I'm not the absolute uh, most comfortable in my own skin just doing my thing, not being funny. That's a fucking problem, too. That's another thing that fucking pisses me off because it's just like people are like, if you make a room full of people laugh, people come up to you later and say, like, you're insecure. <laughs> and then they go away. Just some other fuck that you never met before in your life will come up to you and go, like, you're insecure. And then leave. Most random thing on earth. But, yeah, that happened to me one time. It was on, like, some kind of conference and made a couple of people laugh just off the cuff. And guy comes up to me later who was in one of the meetings in the breakout rooms and comes up to me and says, yeah, you're insecure, Tommy. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not insecure. That doesn't make any fucking sense. All right, you're just, uh, you can have a boring conversation not make anything or I can hear where there's a joke and then I can say it and I can make people laugh and we're all happy in the end because of it. That's a fucking problem. Anyway. Tough shit, you make someone laugh. I mean, I can say that, yeah. I, I have not met someone who doesn't love the attention of stand-up comedy, doesn't love being up there. Yeah, you have to have a little little degree of self-centeredness and narcissism and attention-seeking to be able to go up there and do your thing and make people laugh and get jokes and really not care how it happens as long as it happens, you know. Not, to not really care whose feelings you're hurting as long as you're getting people to laugh who doesn't really care about the relationships that you ruin because you're talking about everything in your life or um, just politics, wherever the fuck, and for the sake of just getting people to laugh. Yeah, sure, there's some of that there, but I don't think it's amplified to the extreme that most people think it is. I could be totally be wrong there, but you know, I don't think it is that way. And so that's that story. And... Well, another time, too, I was doing stand-up at the Improv in Mount Melrose, which I hope is still there. I think it will still be there. Um, this was the place I went to my first open mic when I first started in April 2018. And I go there, like, right after a couple of months of doing stand-up. Not long at all. Really just shitty. And I'm shitty now. <laughs> what am I saying? But first time going there with a joke that I really, really liked... You know, that I spent all day writing. It was a joke about some, like, Confederate guy with a, called Stonewall Jackson or something. And um, thought that that guy was my father after, like, having a conversation with him. I'm not going to throw the joke because it sucks. But I did the joke, and nobody laughed. It was just sound of one hand clapping, you know? And just so spontaneously, I go, like, oh, man. And the entire room dies. The entire room dies. <laughs> and that was the big takeaway from that set. And what was so funny, what was so funny and so weird was that about um, a year and a half later, 
before I leave Los Angeles or a guy comes up and says, oh, yeah, I remember you. You were from the improv that one time. That was funny, man. What, the joke? No, not the joke. The joke was terrible. But you were funny, man, with your whole oh, man reaction. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I, I was sad that it wasn't funny. You want to make people laugh, people. It's, uh, that sucks when you don't make people laugh, man. Go with all this work. Yeah, so I bombed today. I did okay yesterday, you know, for a mic. And I can't tell if it's me. I can't tell if it's me or it's just being outdoors or the material is shitty. Because if it's me, I can work on that. And I think I am going to work on that. I think I'm just going to be, you know, just go up there and talk. Get back to doing that. Just feel the room, you know. Every time I do that, I do a lot better. And the material comes, I can weave it in and out of the actual set better than I can when I'm just doing the material. Every time I just to go do the material, I'm not actually having fun up there. I look actually pretty miserable. And that's what I was pissed off today. Where that's that's where I must have been, man. I I think I was just in a place where I just wasn't having fun. I was happy to be there. I enjoy doing this. This is part of who I am. This is part of my life. But everybody else just feels like they're having fun up there and I'm just there for why am I there? I don't know. I, I think I've been tense lately. I've been fucking tense. I don't know. It's probably just like not having a job and New York being in the state it's in and the country being in the state it's in and the fucking, uh, you know, roommates, they're good, but, you know, it's just not, you know, not being able to do clubs and killing the momentum and just trying to figure out, like, what's my voice here? What am I trying to say? You know, I don't want to be like everyone else, just talking about how horny I am because of quarantine. And, um, you know, talking about drugs and talking about more drugs and shit like that. You know, you just want to talk about something that's honest to you. And maybe that's just a fucking problem. My own material right now is just about, I thought I thought it's actually pretty good. You know, bang, bounce it off the roommates. And it seems to get a good reaction from as good as a reaction you can get at a open mic, but I'm not killing. I'm not even doing okay. I'm not even feeling like people are enjoying it. And that's a sign when you know you need to go back to the drawing board, figure out what you want to say. You know, what do I want to say? What am I even talking about right now? I'm talking about turning 27. I'm talking about being older. I'm talking about relationships with my dad is am I just fucking sad I mean I went through a period rough time when I was in California where I was fucking uh, miserable and I, people could just tell on stage I mean I don't I never really choked up on stage but I think there was one time where I just couldn't get through a set because I was just like what's the fucking point I mean that wasn't the entire experience when I was in California but it was at one point just like, what am I doing here? What the hell, the hell is going on? Why do I want this? And then, you know, I you know, went through some other stuff too. I'm fucking moving back to New York and re-energized myself. And maybe I just lost that. What makes that juju, that thing that makes you you? You know, and because if I can't find it, 
And there's no point about me even being there. I mean, I'm talking to you guys because, hey, this is an easy format just to talk. Talk to talk. But I don't know. I just, I just don't feel funny. I'll get it back. I was on top of the world yesterday. What am I talking about? <laughs> yesterday I was like, fuck yeah. I'm going to be a comic the rest of my life, man. There's no fucking problems. Fuck it. But, you know, at the same time, you're just like, have a bad day and you just go downhill. And I did ask for someone for, not advice, but just anything there. Just the question we always ask everybody is just like, anything? And, you know, is there anything there with that? I said, yeah, man, don't get hard on yourself, bro. You're just working it out. Don't get hard on yourself. You know, maybe just like practice talking instead of just, um, you know, doing the material. Your materials there, just focus on being you up there. All right. I was going to hide it, what I was feeling, but that's what it came from. That's what I was feeling. Hey, I appreciate his honesty. And he didn't say you suck. And you're just like, I mean, listen, I've been, I made enough people laugh, and it shows the no, and people, comics coming up to me and telling me I'm funny, that no, I'm funny. But fucking. Just to lose your shit, man. Just to lose what's you. Everyone else feeling like they're actually in a good spot. And I know they're not. They're fucking comics. A girl fucking told me how she was a sober for like five years. You know, from drugs and alcohol. She's as fucked up as I am. And you don't even want to know my problems. <laughs> That'll come out in time. I know it will. Yeah, so I did that. And this bullshit, too. It was like, I was doing it in the park, stand-up in the park. And it's kind of fun. I mean, it's, hey, comedy will find a way. Comedy is back, people. Comedy is back. Doing it in the park. And it was hilarious because we had a show, like, right across from where um, Stand-Up New York had their show. And I was like, cool. Fucking, like, comics with credits, man. They have an audience. We had audience members for, like, two people. Fucking two people. And then they bailed. We're like, what? You don't like, like talking about suicide? You're not fans of the truth? Alright. We see how it is. But, um, that's fucking crazy. You know what's fucking crazy about this entire pandemic thing is every fucking comic now in the world, no matter what level you are on, are now just on all the same level. We are the same level as fucking... Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz. I was going to say Chris Delia, but that guy's just like, he's he's like negative. He's like under the banner. He's got nothing going on. But um, every fucking comment, man, has to do comedy in the park. At least with us, we had a, uh, we had a mic. We don't have credits, but we have mics. Beat you out of comedy clubs. Yeah, comedy, man. Comedy is back. Comedy is back. And it's worse than ever. No. We'll be straight. Next week. Next week, we will probably talk and I'll be on top of the world again. Going to Hoboken tomorrow. Going to motherfucking Hoboken. Home of Frank Sinatra. Home of Frank Sinatra. Old Blue Eyes. 
going to see his house. I'm there for a job interview, actually. I'm going there for this uh, sales gig. Inside sales gig tomorrow. Um, and then I'll hit a mic over there at around 7. So come out to Hoboken if you're there. I'll probably drop deets on uh, Instagram. By the way, follow me on Instagram at Really Smart Comedy and on all the socials. This podcast will be up later tonight because I was doing comedy and could have just posted in the morning, but by the time anybody fucking listens to this thing, they'll be like five years from now. It'll be like, oh yeah, Tommy Smart, he had a podcast for the past five years. Let's see his early stuff. Ooh. Shoffrey. Comedy's man. Comedy's back. Comedy's back. It's fucking weird, too, doing it in New York because... You know how much I fucking love New York, but seeing the state it's in right now, like a half-baked Europe, people keep talking about it like it's Europe, and they keep talking about it like it's a that's a good thing. It's not. It wants to be fucking Europe. Yeah, I know. I mean, in Tuscany, they basically have breakfast and they have a loaf of bread with olive oil and go sailing all day. I get that, but who the fuck wants to be that? Their economy is shit. You know, as we do comedy in the park, and dude, I was at fucking Washington Square today, and it's like Needle Park over there. You got like 17 crackheads just shooting up dope in the park next to a bunch of kids playing on a swing set. And they're like, hey, come on, young brother, sit next to me here. And I'm just like, look at you. And look at me. And look at you. And look at me. Do you really think I want to do anything with you? Not here, man. Do it around the corner. Yeah. Comedy, man. Yeah. New York in, in this time. Fucking uh, junkies in the park. I talked to this lady yesterday. I mean... <laughs> It's just, people just fucking talk to me when I'm on the street. I was walking down the street, and this guy comes up to me. He doesn't even bother to even just, like, pretend he like, knows who I am or, excuse me, sir. He just goes like, hey, you got two dollars? Can I get a quarter? Give me a quarter or a dollar or a, do- or a ruby or a rule. Jewel or a ruby. Come on, man, just give it to me. Need it now, man. Need it now. Come on, man. Oh, man. When I don't give it to him, that's how the guy talks. He just goes, oh, man. And he walks away. But he goes from me to the woman next behind me. This is on the street somewhere on like the 50s, somewhere like 53rd and 54th and 7th or 8th. And the guy, and this lady goes, oh, my God. Why are you even talking to me? These people, oh, my God. It's horrible. This is horrible. Yeah, I know. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible, miss. Yeah, it's just horrible. All these people, they're all homeless. They walk around not talking to us. What's going on here? What are we going to do? So she's following me around and telling me about the sad state of New York City. And I'm just like, yep, 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 yep. Well, we got to vote him out. And, you know. Vote out Cuomo, vote out the Bloods deal. I was like, well, what, what, who else is better here? You know, this went on for a couple of blocks here. And then she keeps talking to me about the sad state of affairs. And then she said goodbye. And then we just walked awkwardly for like 
two blogs, but we're going in the same direction. And then she kept talking to me. And then we left. And that was it. And I went to my mic. Comedy, man. Did comedy at this place called uh, DeWitt Park yesterday. God. Fucking God. You can tell about how shitty a park is by based on their bathroom. You know, if you go into the bathroom and it's relatively clean and you got like a matron in there, it's pretty good. But if you walk in there and you got a homeless guy with a, his shirtless sucking on his nipples for a half hour, you know, it's like not the best place to put your kids, you know. Comedy, man. Yeah. Can't think I was going to get, um, you know, found out about there for being like the only whitey there. The palest person there. Hashtag palest person you know. Not even the white is just the palest. Comedy, man. Comedy is back. Comedy is back. With a vengeance. Yeah. But, um... Fucking writing jokes, man, last night. And just, like, going back to the drawing boards. Thinking to myself, like... Well... Oh, let's check it back again. I'm reading that, reading that book about Lenny Bruce and back in his day. I mean, it's a totally different thing. It's fucking crazy, too, is back with them, you know, with the old comics back in the day. There were no comedy clubs until Dangerfields and the comedy store in L.A. And this is like in the early 70s. So when you got the comics like Mort Saul and Dick Gregory and Lenny Bruce back in the day... They were doing it only because they were introducing strippers. They were introducing jazz bands. And they would just tell a joke or two in between sets of the band, and then that would be the end of it. That was comedy back then. Uh, that was comedy back then. I mean, there was vaudeville, too. Vaudeville. I want to say I got you on That was fun. Sorry. Comedy, man. Comedy is back, making me tired. So, you get the idea. The guy comes around and he does, uh, does a, a hosting, emceeing gig for, I think, a couple of dancers. And he throws a couple of jokes in between the performances of the girls. And then it's that's it for him. He even talks about this like warm feeling washing upon him. That feeling of acceptance. That feeling of... Yeah, I'm not terrible at this after all. Yeah. I am okay. And he goes on to be one of the first pioneers in comedy. I mean, he had others. The thing about Lenny Bruce, though, is that so much of his material was actually contextualized. Like, you need to know the context of the 1950s and 60s to really get it. I don't know if it plays as well. Like, for instance, if I gave you couple of Lenny Bruce records and you listen to it I don't know if you'd necessarily think it was actually funny some of it though but it would also be in the context of 1950s and segregation and other things like that I don't know if that really plays off as well now in 2020 but I think you can listen to it at least I did like Lenny's Carnegie album that was pretty cool and you actually realize, like, oh, this guy was like the Chappelle of his era, the Richard Pryor of his era. He definitely paved the way. 
Um, a lot of people will say that Richard Pryor is superseding him. And I mean, I think that's kind of true uh, because he's his stuff was timeless. You can still play a couple of Richard Pryor records and get the context of it without needing to know the context of the 70s. Uh, a lot of it's still transferable to today. But Lenny Bruce is a little bit different. You know, I think he's got this joke where he goes like, Hey, man, so you get two homosexuals get arrested and put into a cage for the two guys and they're just fucking each other. Is that the brightest idea? Probably totally butchering that joke, but you get the idea at the time that homosexuality being banned at the time was something that, that he would be protest against. Now we get presidential candidates that are like, hey, my sister's gay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So who really cares? Who cares? But that's Lenny Bruce. You can kind of see him in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or at least that one actor. What's his name? He was in the... He was in Lenny Bruce's... Not Lenny Bruce's. He was in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He was in The Deuce. The actor was in The Deuce. But then he was also in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as Lenny Bruce. His name's Luke Kirby. Luke Kirby. Not bad. Not bad guy. I'm looking up his picture now. Um, probably find it somewhere just like Luke Kirby on Google itself. And he does a good job of looking like him. He does a good job looking like him and captures some of the voice. I will say that I think the guy is a little bit more suave than say that Lenny Bruce really was. I think Lenny Bruce was more of a mensch. More of just a nebbish guy. But he was still at the same time. He ain't got the job done. He ain't got the job done. As Lenny Bruce. Certainly. And from there, you know, I think, because he even shows him in the day actually um, performing and in certain uh, spots and like little areas, little nooks and areas where performs as a comic. He's good. He's good. He's pretty good. So you watch that there. And even the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel too, I think I think it captures some of the essence of what it is to be a comic at that time. But it does it's so hyper stylized. Um it captures the era, but I don't think it really captures how you do stand up as well. Listen to me like you know like you know so much. Well Kind of. I mean, you know enough from when you bomb a lot that you know how to be a comic. So, you know, like I said, to be able to write a joke and go up there and try it out, see if it works, get off, then come back on, rewrite, then come back on and do a set again and hone it and be perfect. And know that you're not always going to just destroy, just murder every single time. That comes with like years and years and years of actually doing stand-up. Granted, Granted, you can have people like a Eddie Murphy or like a Robin Williams who, like, bombed probably twice their entire lives. But, you know, it's it's different. It's different. Yeah, because in the third season, they have her at a, um army base, and she's doing comedy, and it's like she's just destroying every single thing she says. And even in person, too. Not the actress, but the character. Even her regular life, everything she says is like a good, funny quip. 
and I get it. It's comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a comedy series, so it has to be funny. But that's not really like how being a comic is. It's not really the, you know, you're not funny all the time. I'm not funny all the time. I'm not funny here because fuck it, I don't want to be. I can't be funny in everything I do. Say, if I did, I think that'd be obnoxious. Right? Right? Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I want that. Maybe you actually want me to be funny all the time. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it today. I could be funny on here, but I'm really not. I don't know. It's not like a fucking, just like a radio broadcaster just going, well, today, the big news of the day was that President Johnson has dropped bombs over Libya. That's probably not even factually uh, accurate. No, it's not accurate at all. But who knows? Who knows? Comedy is back, people. Comedy is back in full force. Yeah, it's um, it's back. See how Hoboken goes too. I was there only once before my entire life. Never even really went there. The Hoboken itself, because um, I never had a reason to. I know a couple of people that live in Jersey City, and they love that. They're like, oh, my God, Jersey City. Oh, my God, this is so wonderful and beautiful. How can we not go back there? Because, well, I don't know, because it's Jersey. I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you people. Right, that's what else is going on in the world, people. Anything like that, comedy-wise, anything up there. I've seen some comics are actually going up on stage doing their thing. Um, again, but at the same time, it's not, um, like it once was. Hey, let's see here. Oh, wait, NBC looking to revitalize Broadway with Splashy Primetime Special. What the hell are they talking about? Let's see here. Let's see here. NBC is planning to launch Splashy Primetime Broadway Special in October, page six. Oh, page six. Exclusively learned in the cast from the top Broadway shows will perform. The network has reached out all Broadway shows. We here to participate in the special so far as the theater. Insider tells us now backstage drama at some of the shows has previously scrambled to participate as they're getting ready for the big night. Okay, so they're going to do like a big production, a big live thing. A showbiz insider told us producers have been hurt by shutdowns, don't want to spend a lot of money. Some casts are worried they haven't performed in six months and need rehearsals and costume fittings because so they're being actors about it. Now, that's not entirely untrue. I do totally see what they're saying. Yeah, dude, you know, you don't perform for six months. You're rusty as shit, man. I was just thinking about that. I mean, I'm rusty as hell just like not being up and lost my way. And I'm just like going up there and talking. But people, yeah, actors themselves, what are they supposed to do? You know, they need a script. They need to get rehearsals on the way. They need to be costume fitted. They need to be primed and ready to go. It's not like it's not like it is with like other professions. Yeah, you got to get people on there. But that's cool. You know, that's the big thing about New York, man. New York itself is the is Broadway. It's the theater. It's the theater capital of the world. Not have it there. I don't really hang out down there, the Broadway area. I mean, I'm not really a big theater guy, but at the same time, like ha- having it there, 
makes you feel good. This is part of. You need to bring uh, people back, man. They need to bring fucking people back. Tourism. They need to just bite the bullet and have tourism back. This city's never going to look the same unless we have that back. Um, instead of just worrying about like kids and queens drinking at a bar outside and gathering in COVID and spreading COVID, they should care more about actually like getting tourists back to New York and spending money. That's what's more important, man. At this point. Only because now the data tells us that we can be. And Robert Pattinson's return resuming production is Batman. Okay. Let's see this. I'll be honest. Looking at this fucking picture here of Robert Pattinson as Batman, he looks a lot like kind of how Daredevil is. It might just be the red here. It just might be the red photo and the fact he's kind of skinny. But at the same time, too, it yeah, it's because he's skinny. Who am, I, who am I arguing? Who am I arguing about? Batman resumed shooting in early September in the UK at Warner Brothers Studios. Comic Book Adventure was roughly weeks into production when filming had to be halted in March due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Batman, which is said to be grittier and more realistic, taken the Dark Knight mythos. What, the Dark Knight wasn't gritty and realistic? I thought that was pretty gritty and realistic. I mean, that's the thing about the Dark Knight. It's not even a fucking superhero movie. It's heat. With a guy that wears a cape. That's what that. Mythos approximately three months of material left to shoot. It could potentially be wrapped in the end of 2020. Good for them. Crew members have been constructing sets on the film, first film for months, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. Told GQ that May that he has been holed up in London during the. Or he's been in London. Good for him. Um, originally slayed the Grace Theaters from the Grace Theaters until 2021. Yeah, it's fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, the Matrix 4. Did you know there was going to be a Matrix 4? And did you know that the guys that actually made the Matrix were actually now, um, trans? Who knew? This is something that they wanted. I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't you be a little bit jealous, too, if you were, um, a, um, a guy that like a brother and you had a, you, it was you and your brother and you became a trans person and then your brother decided to become a trans person. You're like, heh heh, copycat, what do you want from me? Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, man. Right, let's see. Mythos, okay, good for them. Since production was paused and, uh, Delayed its theatrical release. Sorry, good for it. The theatrical release will be there. And wow, I did not know Colin Farrell would be done this too. Oh, good for him. He needs to work. When's the last time we saw Colin Farrell and everything? It was that lobster movie. Does anybody even remember that lobster movie? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I might put it in the show notes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Bill Murray received with Sophia Coppola again for Apples on the Rocks. Uh, let me see this shit. All right. See the first trailer for Sophia Coppola's. Sorry, I'm like really tired. Let me take a drink here. Hold on. Be back in one second here. God, that's some harsh uh, water. All right, let me see this trailer here. Give me one second, please. Loading, loading, loading. 
Well, in the meantime, the Lost in Translation director has found her star again. Apple TV on Wednesday dropped the first trailer for On the Rocks, the film which is set to have a theatrical run in October, will reunite the director Bill Murray and collaborate with him for 2015. Special Very Merry Christmas. He also stars along with Sheeta Jones. Over the next several months, depending on their theater openings, audience could see a Murray in three major films on the rocks, The French Dispatch and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yay, we get more Bill Murray. Good for us. I like that guy. He was good. He was really clever. People say he's a genius. I never really understood why that was. I don't know if that was because he was in the very first uh, cast of SNL. That might be it. But I never knew that's why that made him like a genius in some capacity. Maybe. I don't know. Do I even know what's really going on right now? I mean, I know I do, but... Loading, goddamn you. Okay, I just want to know what this fucking movie's about. Hold on, I don't even need to see the trailer. Let me just see what it's even about. I get my eyes on you. You're everything that I see, I want to. I love any movie. I've been watching, listening to a lot of that stuff recently. You know, the slowed in reverb R&B songs. It's got this... Oh, you mention no, hold on your mention no, hold on your mention no, be on your mention no. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. But, um, it's a lot of that. But, and I don't really relate to that because I don't know anything about R&B music. Why would I listen to R&B music anyway? Come on. On the rocks, takes place in New York as Laura and her father, Felix, follow Laura's husband, Marlon Waynes, who suspected cheating on her. The father-daughter duo plot is appropriate for whose father, of course, is great Francis Ford Coppola. Alrighty then. Alright, On the Rocks. Yeah, that's fine. That'll kind of be amusing, I guess. I guess it's a comedy. I'd love to find out if I could ever watch the fucking trailer here. That's something that pisses me off when you have things that aren't loading and you need to actually do a podcast where you're going to talk about stuff like this and tell the people what you feel about things. But you can't because it's not working. All right. Let me see here. All right, so Broadway's going back. Good for Broadway, good for Batman, good for um, Bill Murray. Good to see Bill Murray again. He is a genius. Anybody who hasn't seen anything with him in it, they should. Fucking Lost in Translation was great, too. Yeah, that's about him being an actor and actually an action star, which is hilarious because he's no action star at all. But they make this movie where he goes to Japan, he has to do a couple of commercials and does a couple of TV spots and meets uh, Scarlett Johansson, a very young Scarlett Johansson. And by young, I mean like 20. And they're just like two bored out of their mind, lost souls living in Tokyo for whatever time, and they just strike up a platonic romance, platonic romance, and by platonic this mean like a friendship, they just understand each other, they're going through something very similar, they're both very lonely, they're both very bored and uh, with their lives, and they hang out together, they hang out together and they do their thing. 
And then he just leaves abruptly after kissing her. He's only leaving because he has to. That's what he says at the end of the movie. Anyway, so. Alright, let's see if I can just wrap up this fucking podcast so we can just move on with our lives here. Alright, we'll be at Dangerfields at September 12th, which I need to fucking call that guy because he hasn't even let me know whether or not we're actually, the clubs are going to be open or not. I doubt it. I'll be probably pushed back, but we'll let you know from here on out too. Follow me at Really Smart Comedy and you know, see where I'm doing my stand-up throughout the next month or two until we go back inside to the bars, hopefully. And we'll be all the better because of it. Comedy's back, people. I'm going to keep going through this to the better end. Well, fun together. Be a good time. Be out like Washington Square Park most of the time or just keep up to date on the socials and we'll find out from there. Alrighty then. Alright, guys. Stop Smart, signing off. Take it, Chesky. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Really Smart Podcast as much as we <laughs> enjoyed recording it. Remember, you can listen to previous episodes on TommySmart.com or wherever you get your pods. Follow Tommy at Really Smart Comedy on all the socials. Come back next week for more bullshit. <laughs>